All right, guys. <clears throat> so I'm going to talk about Kanye West. All right, and here we go. But before I do that, I'm going to talk to you about uh, how this all came to be. All right, and how let me lower this down a bit. How uh, this all started. So this is fair use. Let's get into it. Thousands of pilgrims come to this place, Palestine, to discover their spiritual roots. Fair use. We're talking about the Talmud now. But today, it is not just the religious. Mankind in general is turning its attention toward this land. Most of us realize that if World War III erupts, it could begin right here in a collision between Arab and Jew. What are the causes of this conflict between Arab and Jew? A conflict which never seems to go away. Before Zionist settlers came here around the turn of the century, this region was not particularly known for strife. Yet since then, it has known little but strife. Is there something within Judaism itself which acts as an abrasive on this land? To answer that question, we don't need to make another pilgrimage to Palestine. We don't need to visit historic sites or Jewish shrines. Instead, since Judaism is very much a religion of its literature, we need to go where its most sacred teachings are preserved. We need to go to a synagogue, in particular, the library of a synagogue. In every synagogue library, we find hundreds of books but there are a few which tower above the rest in authority. These include the Encyclopedia Judaica, the Universal Jewish Encyclopedia, the Jewish Encyclopedia. In the oldest of these, the Jewish Encyclopedia, we encounter fascinating new perspectives on the inner teachings of Judaism, perspectives which are well known to most religious Jews, but unknown to Christians. Most Christians believe that the Judaism of the Old Testament is very similar to Judaism today. Yet the Jewish Encyclopedia, in its article on Judaism, says modern Judaism and the Judaism of the Old Testament are very different. It says that after Nebuchadnezzar conquered Judah in the 6th century BC and led the Jews to distant Babylon, the Jews were faced with challenges to their faith they had never before experienced. Ever since the time of Solomon, the religion of Israel had centered around the magnificent temple in Jerusalem with its sacrifices and ritual. The question now became, how could one be a true Jew in a very foreign, even hostile environment? The need arose for a certain class of lay priests called scribes or sophurim to interpret the law in this new setting and make it workable. In time, these scribes became what the New Testament calls the scribes and Pharisees, the greatest legal authorities of Israel for all ages. The Pharisees said there were really two inspired revelations to the Jews. There was the written law of Moses received atop Sinai, but there was also the oral tradition acquired by 70 elders who came to the base of the mountain but were forbidden to proceed farther. The Pharisees said that these 70 elders, or Sanhedrin, received a much more extensive and profound revelation than Moses, a revelation which was never written down, yet took precedent over the written law. When Jesus came on the scene, his reaction was to bitterly denounce this counterfeit tradition. Christ said the Pharisees, by their tradition, had made the law of God of none effect. He considered the Pharisees the most dangerous leadership Israel ever had. In 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans. Although Jewish sects such as the Sadducees now disappeared, the Pharisees emerged with even greater power over the Jewish people. The Jewish Encyclopedia describes the new role of the Pharisees. With the destruction of the temple, the Sadducees disappeared altogether, leaving the regulation of all Jewish affairs in the hands of the Pharisees. Henceforth, Jewish life was regulated by the Pharisees. The whole history of Judaism was reconstructed from the Pharisaic point of view. Pharisaism shaped the character of Judaism and the life and thought of the Jew 
for all of the future. In 135 AD, all Jews were expelled from Palestine. The Pharisees led most Palestinian Jews in a mass migration back to Babylon. The majority of Jews were already in Babylon and had been since the time of Nebuchadnezzar 600 years earlier. Yet around 140 AD, Babylon became the acknowledged land of refuge for world Jewry. For another thousand years, Judaism flourished in Babylon under the leadership of the Pharisees. Great academies of the rabbis were established and thousands of new laws formulated. There, those same Pharisees who killed Jesus Christ remained the undisputed rulers of Judaism. In Babylon, the Pharisees codified their oral traditions into the Babylonian Talmud, the written form of that oral tradition which Jesus so bitterly rebuked. The Talmud reveals how deep was Israel's apostasy. In her beginning, God gave the Hebrews the loftiest, the most upright literature and ethics the world has ever known. Yet when they turned their backs on him, they produced the Talmud, a work which has aptly been called a monument to human folly. The Talmud also helps us understand the basis for Christ's unflattering descriptions of the Pharisees. Jesus described the Pharisees as hypocrites, children of hell, blind guides, whited sepulchers, full of dead men's bones. He even described the Pharisees as children of their father, the devil, a murderer from the beginning. The Talmud confirms Christ's words. In the Talmud, in Treatise Sanhedrin, an extensive passage describes the right of the Pharisee to kill anyone, just as long as he did so indirectly. As one of dozens of examples, the Talmud tells us that if one bound his neighbor and he died of starvation, he is not liable to execution. In such an indirect manner, the Pharisees also killed Christ. Manipulating the Romans to actually wield the spear and sword, the Pharisees claimed, as their descendants do today, that since the Romans were the direct cause of the death of Christ, it is the Romans, not the Jews, who are guilty. Christ also called the Pharisees adulterers, an adulterous generation. The Talmud provides generous loopholes for adultery. It says the penalty for adultery does not include sex with a minor, the wife of a minor, or the wife of a heathen. The Talmud also encourages seduction of unwed adolescent girls called designated bondmaids. But it's important how such rapes are performed. With the designated bondmaid, one is guilty only in the case of natural connection, but not in the case of perverse connection. The Pharisees reasoned that rape in a perverted manner is outside the jurisdiction of the law. Normal rape, however, was punishable. In Babylon, sexual perversion of every kind had been a way of life for millenniums. The Pharisees were deeply influenced by such practices. In three of the major treatises of the Talmud are found extensive passages which give legal endorsement to seduce and marry three-year-old baby girls. In fact, many of the greatest rabbis of the Talmud, including Simeon ben Yohai, upheld this privilege. Today in Israel, thousands of Jews go to Meron every year to venerate the memory of Simeon ben Yohai, one of the most respected rabbis in the history of Judaism. In one of dozens of endorsements of child sex, Simeon ben Yohai said, a proselyte under the age of three years and a day is permitted to marry a priest. Agreeing with Ben-Yohai, the great Rabbah said, When a grown-up man has intercourse with a little girl, it is nothing. For when the girl is less than this, three years and a day, it is as if one put the finger into the eye. The footnote to this passage says, As tears come to the eye again and again, so does virginity come back to the little girl under three years. The same section confirms that sexual activity with small boys is in the same category. The intercourse of a small boy is not regarded as a sexual act. In addition to adulterers, Christ, in the story of the Good Samaritan, portrayed the Pharisees as racial bigots, too self-righteous to respond to the suffering of one who was not a Jew. It is true because of the wickedness of the Canaanites, which included sodomy and infant sacrifice, Israel had been commanded by God to be harsh in her treatment of the inhabitants of the land.
God made it clear that the Canaanites were not simply to be avoided, but destroyed. By the time of the New Testament, this method of preserving God's kingdom by separation and the sword had become obsolete. God no longer made a racial difference between men. But the Pharisees were unfazed by God's new agenda. The Talmud was finally written down nearly five centuries after Christ, yet its critical, even homicidal attitudes toward Gentiles might have been lifted out of the book of Joshua. However, the quickest way to grasp the Talmudic view of Gentiles is not directly from the Talmud, but from the Jewish encyclopedias. If we quote an isolated opinion from the Talmud, a rabbi may quickly object, saying, but that is not the overall opinion of the Talmud. That is not the definitive view. What the Jewish encyclopedia provides us is a definitive overview of perhaps hundreds of rabbinic statements on any subject, giving us accurate summaries of what the Talmud generally teaches. In its article on Gentiles, the Jewish encyclopedia begins to define what makes a Jew so different from a Gentile. According to the rabbis, only Israelites are men. Gentiles they class not as men, but as barbarians. Since Gentiles are not men in the fullest sense, so the Gentile is not a neighbor of a Jew. Further, since Gentile laws were too crude to admit of reciprocity, meaning too crude to be taken seriously, the Gentile was forever beneath the Jew. Gentiles were outlawed by God from the beginning and thus had no property rights. The Almighty offered the Torah to the Gentile nations also, but since they refused to accept it, he withdrew his shining legal protection from them and transferred their property rights to Israel, who observed his law. Since the Talmud outlawed the child, or issue of a Gentile, as that of a beast, a Gentile had as little legal rights in a Jewish court as did an animal. The Talmud states that... I remember um, years ago there was a story about an Israeli uh, medic who let a Palestinian boy bleed out and he would go around in mosques and start shooting up mosques. And One mosque he was shooting up, the gun jammed, and that allowed the people, the Muslims who were, who were able to move and defend themselves to beat them to death. That medic is still, is still hailed as a hero to many Jews today. I was trying to find a story, but um, I wasn't able to find it. I guess they deleted it. The Israeli government tried to cover it up. But this is where you see the um, the hatred towards Gentiles and the mis how to, they, they feel obligated to mistreat the Gentiles <clears throat> and do all types of evil stuff to them. Let's keep going. If a Gentile sue an Israelite, the verdict is for the defendant, the Israelite. Conversely, if the Israelite is the plaintiff, he obtains full damages. Because the Talmud conspires against Gentiles, if a Jew was ever caught telling a Gentile what the Talmud really says, such a person deserves death. So vile was the nature of a Gentile that the great Simeon ben Yohai said, the best among the Gentiles deserves to be killed. The best of snakes ought to have its head crushed. Jews, however, are exalted beings in the Talmud, worthy of praise. Sounds very much like the KKK. Very much so. You know. Christ described the Pharisee who blessed himself, saying, I thank thee, Lord, that I am not as other men. An eminent Talmudic rabbi says the same. Blessed be thou who hast not made me a goy or Gentile. There is a special antagonism between the Talmud and Jesus. The Talmud attacks him everywhere it can, even his mother. Mary, the Talmud says, was a whore who mated with carpenters. She who was the descendant <coughs> of princes and governors played the harlot with carpenters. It naturally followed that the scribes declared Christ to be a bastard. In its article on Jesus, the Jewish encyclopedia says that Jewish writings defame Christ. It is the tendency of all these sources to belittle the person of Jesus by ascribing to him illegitimate birth, magic, and a shameful death. 
Jesus, according to this article, was considered one of the three worst enemies of Judaism who came to an ignoble end. The Talmud says they subjected him to four deaths, stoning, burning, decapitation, and strangling. The Talmud also says he is now in hell, punished with boiling hot excrement. What is Christ's advice as he speaks to us? And, you, you know... Wow, it's deep. Uh, I'll save my comment next time. The Jewish encyclopedia quotes Jesus as telling us above all to bless the Jews. He says, further their well-being, do nothing to their detriment. Whoever touches them touches even the apple of his eye. Christians as followers of the... So basically, you know, they have this, uh, they have this way of talking... You know, if you ever try to bring up anything they do wrong, they will say you're anti-Semitic. Okay, many of many of the media is controlled by by them. Okay, I don't. You know, I I, I have nothing against them. This is these are facts. Okay, and they filter out what's being done. What's being done in Israel? Okay, they don't let the media cover that. But when you bring this up, all oh, your anti-Semitic, and this is where it comes from. This book, this book that basically supports racism, pedophilia, and rape. The false prophet Jesus also deserved death. The Jewish Encyclopedia again recaps the Talmud's position. A Gentile observing the Sabbath deserves death. It says the Talmud's hatred was probably directed against the Christian Jews. These Judeo-Christians evasively called men, minute, or... Okay. All right. So now we're going to go check about uh, what's been going on in Israel when it comes to this... Uh, pedophilia let's see what goes on there A CBS News investigation has uncovered a loophole that allows accused and convicted American pedophiles to escape justice by moving to Israel. So Ian Lee has been following this for more than a year, and he traveled to Israel for this investigation. He worked with a group that tracks people accused of sex crimes, which estimates dozens of Americans have used this loophole. So, you know, he's six foot two we are on a stakeout looking for this man jimmy julius caro 48 years old and wanted on charges of sexually assaulting a nine-year-old girl in oregon back in 2000 and a five-year-old girl in israel in 2001 he's considered dangerous but these photos are a few years old so we don't know if he'll look the same he remains elusive previous attempts to capture him have failed uh, obviously the fear that he would somehow figure out that anyone's looking for him and bolt just called his number. Shauna Aronson got a tip that Caro's expected at this clinic near Tel Aviv. Who's gonna call She's with JCW, Jewish Community Watch, an organization that hunts down accused pedophiles who flee to Israel from the U.S., exploiting a process called Law of Return, whereby any Jewish person can move to Israel and automatically gain citizenship. The ease with which pedophiles seem... A lot of rabbis um, years ago was um, in the newspaper, a lot of rabbis in New York molested uh, children within their synagogue, they would run to Israel to escape um, to escape punishment for their crimes. People use this law as an escape route haunts victims like Mendy who says he was abused from age eight by a teacher at an Orthodox Jewish school in Los Angeles. So your classroom is right here. How does it feel being back? Um, I was very anxious and, you know, stress is coming back. I have a lot of memories coming to my mind. Memories of his alleged abuser, Mordecai. And where does this come from? The Talmud. A Yompop who taught him Hebrew studies when he was just eight years old. So in the beginning, he would just 
rub me like outside of my pants and then I'd say uh, about three or four months later he started going like that. Reaching down your pants. Yeah, Why did you feel like you couldn't tell anyone? Um, I was scared. I was ashamed. I, mean, I just didn't know what people would think of me in the whole situation. Yomtov pled guilty in 2002 to sexually abusing and committing lewd acts against three other boys. He served jail time, but when he was released, he violated his probation and, according to JCW, fled to Israel with help from individuals within the Orthodox Jewish community. JCW tracked Yomtov down and confronted him with a hidden camera in Jerusalem, where he admitted to illegally fleeing the United States with help and using a fake passport to enter Israel. I was supposed to stay for five years, essentially. I was supposed to, uh, to be on the side of the surface, but I didn't want to go to the police station. I left with another clothing. He had this message for his victims. I'm very, 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 very sorry. The other person in this video is Mayor Seawalt, the founder of Jewish Community Watch. He tells CBS News Yomkov's case isn't uncommon in the Orthodox community. The same thing that's going on in the Catholic Church right now around the world, the exact same thing happens in our community. No, she's wearing a pink yarmulke. For those of you who don't know, Tel Aviv um, is known like another San Francisco. Okay? So they may... It, it, Israel is... <laughs> this is the type of people that Kanye West tried to go against. Let's keep going. He's going to go for therapy. He's never going to do it again. Boom, he's in another community. Two years later, is that the same thing when we hear more allegations of persons who continue to abuse children? And often, those abusers end up in Israel. Rabbi Yehuda Oppenheimer says he unwittingly helped Cairo escape. There was nothing that raised any red flags up to the point where he was moving to Israel. Well, I wish I could say that, but unfortunately, I can't say that. So he had violated his parole, and, and now they were looking for him. He said that there was something in the past that happened when he was young, but uh, and nothing had ever happened since. I've changed, and I'm a different person now. And, but God help me. I felt that I could trust him. So I wrote him a letter, and uh, he bought a ticket, and he uh, left. Cairo is accused of abusing more children when he got to Israel. What was that like for you when you found that out? To the gut. It was, it, was, it was very painful. Rabbi Oppenheimer says the reason he came forward is to shine a light on the process of accused pedophiles fleeing to help ensure it doesn't happen again. Back at the stakeout, an ambulance pulls up and a man steps out. It's Caro. Oh, definitely, definitely him. Oh my God. Okay. The police are called and eventually arrive. His days on the run are over as he's led away. Did you assault the girl in the United States? No. Did you flee Israel because you assaulted the girl in the United no. States? Have you ever assaulted any girls in Israel? Do you know that you're wanted by Interpol? There's relief as police escort him to their car. This marks the end to a months-long manhunt. The reason why I'm showing you these things is the fact to understand that uh, <clears throat> Kanye is fighting. It, it, he decides to, to fight a people that have this much of connections. Once again, I'm not saying all of them do that. No, they don't. Okay. They're, I have uh, good uh, Jewish friends. And um, the, these people who do this stuff are, are, are evil, all right? And not all Jews follow the Talmud. But the ones that do are the ones that are in power, okay? That's just the facts, all right? Let me show you something else. Now we're going to talk about the racism that goes on in Israel. Let's talk about that. 
long treks through the Sinai Desert, fleeing poverty, persecution, ethnic cleansing, and genocide. As refugee camps across Africa fill up and Europe closes its gates to asylum seekers, Israel became the next best option, accessible by land and said to be a developed democracy. But instead of providing them with safe haven, Israel is both refusing to grant them any benefits and denying them the ability to work legally to support themselves. Faced with poverty and exploitation, a new nightmare unfolded. And the few isolated Israelis who dared to protest, like this woman, were met with a harsh backlash. Now remember, they want to be able to come to other people's lands, but other people can't come to their lands. Remember that. And ask for donations from the U.S. Ben Ari is known for leading nationalist marches through Arab neighborhoods inside Israel, where he antagonizes, intimidates, and menaces Arab citizens. Remember, they don't let this be shown. Um, they don't let this be shown in mainstream media. You do, you're anti-Semitic. You're anti-Semitic if you do that type of stuff. All right. Now, let's get into Kanye West. Okay. Now this is this right here, man. I, I'm sorry. This ah, oh. and people want to hold him to be some civil rights hero. Kanye's fighting for the people, man. Kanye's an entertainer, and this is this is what comes out of his mouth, though. All right, 
Kanye West admits he hasn't read any book. Reading is like eating Brussels sprouts to me. The rapper made the claim during a new podcast interview. So you want a leader that doesn't like to read. Is that what you want, black people? Reading is fundamental, unless you're Kanye West. Apparently on Friday, September 16th, the rapper confessed his aversion of all things literary in a new interview. When you said, I hadn't read this book, I actually haven't read any book, he said in an interview with the LO Mind Full podcast. Reading is like eating Brussels sprouts from me, and talking is like getting the Giorgio Baldi corn ravioli. However, yay admission Kanye admission to stop didn't stop him from trading philosophical problems with host Danny Harris, who was expounding on his love for a book whose title he didn't actually share. The two people, the man who thinks they can and the man who thinks they can't, and they're both right, he declared with a smile. That's what you're saying, but that was like a simplified version. The Ala Yoga co-founder went on to add, that's right, yeah, the one who wins the race is the one who believes they can. The oak lies in their acorn. West later revealed his perspective on his outside-of-the-box approach to his music, fashion design, and other business ventures, saying, now we talk about language. What I, what did, what I did realize is sometimes it's not that I'm not right. Wait for it. Watch. I've got a good one. Here we go. Sometimes I just not right now. It's just not It's not right now It's not that you're not right It's just not right now And I have to be like Be here because that's not a good thing To be To be too ahead Because that's what you do then You lose the audience I, This is what black, This is the person that black people think is a leader I'm sorry Anybody read this Cause does anybody really understand this? Does anybody really understand this? No. Okay, he sounds like a fool. Earlier this week, West shared the news that he had parted ways with Gap following the rollout of Yeezy, of Yeezy Gap in the store's location across the country. However, his deal with Gap and Corporate is supposed to extend through 2030, and he still has an active contract with Adidas. Oh, boy. Kanye, this man is mentally unstable. He's not there, and people want to see him as a leader. I don't see any qualities that make Kanye a leader. Okay, people get mad when you just tell the truth about Kanye. The man's deeply disturbed, he's bipolar. Allowed himself to get screwed over by Candace Owens once again. I don't see how this man can. Uh... Be a leader for black people. I don't see it. I just don't. And when you tell people that, you know, fellow blacks, they don't understand that he's he's an entertainer. He's about his bottom line. He is not going to bat for you. Okay. Let's look at another thing about Kanye West. I mean, they're hitting him left and right. Left and right, they're hitting him. Let's get into the story right now. He's been trying to save his lucrative clothing line, including his shoe line, Yeezy Shoes. But today, he got kicked out of the Skechers Manhattan Beach headquarters after he showed up unannounced with a film crew. Let's go live to Fox 11's Ed Lascos to try to figure out what happened there. Ed. 
And I'll tell you, he really seems to be persona non grata as all of this continues to play out for Kanye. Certainly not welcome at many of his business partnerships and ventures any much recently. And now it seems even Kanye himself not welcomed, especially here at Skechers. He shows up, then he is asked to leave, and then he is escorted out of the building. Here's the latest. Watch. The executive offices of Skechers, it is here, yay, the rapper formerly known as Kanye West, shows up uninvited and unannounced and is quickly escorted off the property with the shoe company later stressing Skechers has no intention of working with West. The same people. This just the latest controversial development for Kanye following his outburst of hate speech and anti-Semitism. Comments that have already cost Kanye big time, being dropped by several of his business and professional partners the last few weeks, including the sportswear giant Adidas, one of the latest to part ways with Kanye. These pictures from TMZ, check them, show Kanye at a local bagel shop, all smiles, appearing to be in a good mood, this just before his visit to Skechers. That is several workers here at Skechers telling us they did not see Kanye, but nearly everybody in the company's offices spent their day talking about what happened and later told by their bosses not to make any public comments. Skechers itself is commenting, but only through this statement. It reads in part, and I quote, Yay, arrived unannounced and without invitation at one of Skechers' corporate offices in Los Angeles, considering Yay was engaged in unauthorized filming. Two Skechers executives escorted him and his party from the building after a brief conversation. Skechers is not considering and has no intention of working with West. We condemn his recent divisive remarks and do not tolerate anti-Semitism or any form of hate speech. The thing is, like, he didn't make anything anti-Semitic, okay? But they have made it known that, yeah, they control that and they don't care. And we're going to make an example out of you. All right. Just like they did with Nick Cannon. And the only show he had left was Wild and Out. Okay. Believe in that nonsense that, you know, blacks are the true Hebrews. It, no, 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 no. Okay. And it shows that, you know, these entertainers are nothing more than slaves, well paid, well fed slaves. That's who they are. You sign that dotted line on that contract, you cannot say or do what you want okay now everybody's trying to say he's a revolutionary oh he's talking about you know he's talking about how you know the jews are running things okay who hasn't talked about this who hasn't that's one thing who has not talked about the jews running hip-hop who has not talked about the bankers who has not talked about this Hmm. I'll give you something someone else people probably already know. Jews fought in World War II for the Third Reich. They fought for Hitler. Now what? The thing is, like, there's been enough talking. Just he could have just kept his mouth shut and focused on working on an all-black music industry. That's what he could have done. But nobody is in this camp telling him, Kanye, I don't think you should go on drink taps and talk about this. Kanye, I just think we shouldn't talk about this. We should just work on doing our own music label, our own music industry. We don't need to talk to them. We don't need to do that. But I guarantee you, because of Kanye's mental illness or being bipolar, he's not going to listen. He's going to feel like he could do whatever he wants. I mean, Kanye has said um, before when he's been interviewed, um, that he's believed like he's one of the people in the Bible. Okay. He has said that. That's how he thinks of himself. So he has a real ego problem. And it's going to be humbled. That's what's going to happen. He may not have much money left. Because he needs these businesses to thrive. Okay. He can't go out and work like a regular human being. He can't. All right. You can't do that. What was he? He was 11 billion. He was uh, what? 11 billion dollar status. Now he's like, what? A couple million, 400 million. I mean, he would have had support had he had not disrespected the death of George Floyd and said that, well, taking Candace Owens talking points. 
Well, it, it it was the fentanyl. It wasn't like uh sorry about that. It wasn't um it wasn't you know Derek Chauvin putting his knee on his neck. The minute he said that nonsense, I knew it was the time to check out. Okay. He did that. He, he he did all of this is his own doing. He did this to himself. He didn't pay attention to Nick Cannon. He probably thought you were better than him. You saw what they did to Nick Cannon. What made you think that you were going to go up there and do that same nonsense? And you come out unscathed. And you say, oh, I didn't you say nonsense like. George Soros is a great competitor. Are you serious? Do you know who he is? That man is evil to the core. Disrupting governments. <coughs> All right. Um, backing um, organizations like Black Lives Matter. That isn't for black people, but it's for destroying the black community and the black family. That's who you say is a great competitor. Oh, yeah, he's a great competitor, Kanye. He's putting black people out in extinction. That's what he's doing. There's growing speculation now. Kanye is out looking for a new partner to replace Adidas, possibly a, a huge shoe company like Skechers, to take over the manufacturing and the distribution of a Yeezy shoe line. But Skechers is a very unlikely match. Here's why. From its own website, Skechers is a company founded and operated by a Jewish family. Robert Greenberg started the company, and now his son Michael serves as the company president, leaving Kanye once again paying the price for his anti-Semitic remarks. And now live, when you talk about those controversial comments, it comes with a huge fallout for Kanye. Forbes is out tonight saying all of those lost partnerships over the last couple of weeks costing Kanye some $900 million. And it seems after what happened here at Skechers, the financial fallout from all of this, it is far from over. For now, we're live. That's basically it. That That's basically the price he's paying for saying something that everybody else knows. Okay. And it, you know what used to kill me when I was younger? No, not, not even when I was younger. A few years ago. People used to say, who's the king of hip-hop? Right? And then there was this meme, right, of this guy. He was a Jewish guy. And he says, when blacks talk about who's the king of hip-hop, always remember, it's not a black person. It's a Jewish person. Jews run hip-hop. Okay? They run hip-hop. That's how it is. Okay? They also... They also take the manhood of some of these entertainers. Okay. It's been said, like I said, nothing Kanye is saying has not been said before. He's not speaking anything new. Okay. Now he's trying to go and try to get new partnerships. You know why? Because he's going to run out of money soon. He still has to pay taxes. He still has to pay his security team because he's a public figure. He has to pay child support. And other business ventures or other things he has to maintain. And a lot of people don't see it that way. They're like, oh, you'll make it back. Really? The people that he outed control Hollywood. Okay. How does that work? How are you going to come back from this when the majority of people control Hollywood? The majority of people that you called out control Hollywood. How's that going to work out for you?
like I said, he should have just kept his mouth shut and just deal with creating your own stuff. That's what it should have been done. But he didn't want to do that. Okay. That's the issue. And then he may end up being forgotten. That may be the best thing for him. Okay. Hopefully he'll get medical help. Hopefully. But I doubt that will be the case. I doubt it. Because he's not the person to take sound advice from anybody. He believes he's too high on the totem pole to take advice. And you have blacks in the black community. See, this is the thing, too. The black community has been hit so hard with social engineering. Hit so hard with negative hip-hop music that they feel that rebellion without a plan, rebellion uh, without a concrete structure, you're going to win. You're not going to win. All right? And most of the times, blacks can't unite because they don't want... For them to unite, they'd have to accept structure. And that means the blacks that are intelligent, the blacks with master degrees, the blacks with trades, the blacks with an education, the blacks that could actually control infrastructure, they would have to listen to and take instruction and have to change their lifestyle. And the music that hip-hop and rap appeals to are from people who have been to prison, people who are alphabet, people who have mental health issues, people who... Um, value surface things instead of quality things they're not going to listen to that they're not going to hear that so the white supremacy engineering done by liberals working hand in hand with white supremacy and those of the Talmudic Jews have worked to its peak The only people, the only blacks that are going to survive this and will thrive are individual blacks who see what's going on. And they're like, you know what? I have to work, be for myself and my family. Kanye West is an entertainer and that's all he is. He is not someone to take seriously. He is not somebody to be a leader for black people. He is not. He's an entertainer. Okay. You don't see other entertainers back in Kanye. Even though what he said, aside from what the foolishness he said about Harriet Tubman and George Floyd, aside from that, everything he said was something that's been known for decades. They're not coming to his aid. They're scaring like roaches when the lights are turned on. That's what's happened. Jay-Z ain't coming to help him. Rihanna ain't coming to help him. 50 Cent ain't coming to help him. All right? None of these black entertainers are coming to help him because they have businesses and they're trying to keep that. Because they know the deal. They're on a plantation. Okay? That's what they know. And they know to keep the in order to keep their money, they gotta bow down. It's the truth, man. It's the truth. What I said about these music execs, you know, taking these men's manhood, it's true. Butt breaking. Okay. I remember I had a friend on the job, he was telling me he had a friend that uh Wanted to make it in the music industry, okay? 
his friend and another buddy that was do that were doing music with. He talked to this executive and they said, oh, the executive said, okay, who's going to take the sacrifice? Who's going to get their buck broken? This is something that's been known for years. Okay? Years. And then you have these rappers that be taking these suspect photos. Don't believe me? Do some research. Do some research. Look what Birdman used to do to uh, Lil Wayne. All right. Fat Joe used to talk about it. The mafia in hip hop, what they would do to other entertainers. All right. What did a, what did an exec do to Terry Crews? But he didn't hit him because. Oh, he, it would stop his bag. That's the brainwashing they have on black entertainers now. I'll let you abuse me because I want that money. Prostitutes. These guys in hip-hop are nothing but prostitutes, and they just huddle around. It's, it's no different than strippers that, you know, before they go onto the stage or, before, or after the stage, and they're just hanging out in the locker room and just talking about, man... This 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 owner, he's messing us up, man. He's messing us up. He's forcing us to have sex with him. He's forcing me to give him the profits. He's forcing me to um, have sex with these other executives just to um, just to keep my money because I know he's the only person that's going to pay me my money. It's the same thing. Just like strippers are willingly getting sodomized by their bosses, it's the same thing with these entertainers. Okay, the only difference is Kanye foolishly opened his mouth instead of just working on it on uh, working on his own label, his own music empire for blacks. I don't really care for hip hop, you know, because it's it's just it's drivel. It's it's it, it's talks speaks negative, and that's about it. Okay, and that is how the empire wants it. Working hand in hand with white supremacy because of the Talmud tells that Gentiles are just animals. They are cattle. And that's what they think of you. And every time you listen to that music, you must understand this. Every time you listen to rap music, tell them you listen to hip hop, this is what they think of you. Goyim, animal. Okay. That's all I got to say.